What's up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome back to another week, another episode of the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jomo Media and Promotions. Hopefully, you all had a good week. This week on the uh, on the program, we're sitting down with a driver. We're returning, a returning guest again. We're sitting down with the driver, the number 57 Sportsman Modified. We're going to be talking to Joey Harrimans. We sat down and we talked to him about uh, some more of his racing stories he's got for us. Um, we talked some NASCAR, some F1 uh, from Coda and uh, Monaco today, or uh, on Sunday, sorry. Um, oh, man. And we dropped the fans question period this week to for Joey to actually ask me some, if I knew some terminology in on the dirt world. So guys, before we get into our interview, of course, we're going to have a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Let's go. All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Jomo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, and year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O-Promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. Alright guys, welcome back to the new episode of the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jomo Media and Promotions. This week on the program, we sat down with Joey Harrimans, as you guys know. Um, we're going to jump right into this one. We're not going to hear a whole lot of talking from me this week early on. So, uh, as always, guys, let's sit down, relax, and let's go racing with Joey Harrimans. All right, guys, this week on the True North Racing Podcast, we are bringing back Joey Harrimans. Joey, how are you? Hey, John, I'm doing great, man. How's it been? Oh, pretty good. I can't complain. It's uh, been busy on my end, you know. It's never how's, a bad uh, thing. Never a bad thing. No, for sure. How's uh, how's your uh, extended off season going here? Uh, not too bad. Uh, it's kind of nice. It's it sucks. I'd rather be at the track right now. I'm sure all this would. I'm um, in you know whatever capacity you go to the track in, whether it's a fan or a crew member. But uh, at least it seems like we're gonna get the green light to go in the next month, month and a half. So yeah. at least it we have a light at the end of the tunnel. For sure, for sure. So with, uh, you know, it's showing that it's June 14th or so they're expecting to have, I think it's what, 60% of the uh, adult population have the shot. Um, if we were to get the green light on June 14th, when would your first race be? I would be, I haven't seen a schedule yet for Merrittville, but we're okay. planning to have the car ready for that day. Perfect. How close are you? Like how, like, is it just uh, tinkering with some stuff or? Yeah, we maybe got a couple of days less than like a week, maybe a little less than a week round. Um, yep. Just kind of little stuff that we don't like to do until like the race season's right there. Yeah. Um, uh, lo- preloading torsion bars. Um, Cause you don't want, want to preload them now. And then they sit there for a month with a, with load on them at all times. 
Yeah. Uh, but added wear that you don't need to put on a part, right? So. Yep. Like with just to keep us busy until then, and then when uh, the fourth, we're, we're planning on being there. Nice. Uh, so the last time we talked, we we kind of started getting into um, your background and how you started in motorsports. Um, you know, it, it's it, it seems like it's been a, a fun and long journey, eh? Uh, that's one thing for sure. It's that's I mean, it's racing. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, it's never you're not you're not going. It's you know, a lot of weeks, um, a lot of weekends where maybe people are out doing stuff that you'd want to do, but you would rather be at the racetrack or at home fixing the car, getting it out, you know, getting it ready for the next race. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, so long, it's always a long journey with, with, uh, you know, having to put some, the person make the personal sacrifices to get to the track every week. Yeah. Uh, so since you've been a re- since now you're actually a proper returning guest for us, um, what was the feedback from our first interview for you? Uh, I had nothing but good feedback um, from you know how you presented your questions you were asking me um, to how people liked how I carried myself. Um, I'm not really known for being a very outspoken person, whether it's at the track or you know, school or whatever. I'm just not the person to jump up and start screaming my opinion. Um, so it was, I uh, got a lot of really good feedback from, you know, everything from, you know, the guy that was get, doing the interview, he did ask you the right questions. He was asking you the good questions, you know, I wanted to know. So it was uh, definitely some great feedback. Awesome. That That's always the good thing to hear. Um, and I believe it was, I, I want to say two weeks after or so, um, you asked if, uh, 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 you could put my logos on your iRacing car. Yeah. You ended up going out, I want to say, in the past month and actually ended up winning a race, correct? Uh, that would have been... Yeah, it's, I think it's been a little bit ago now. Because yeah. I think it might have actually only been a few days after that. Okay. Um, I'm Now with the light, you know, being in the summer, um, you still can't really go out and do much. Yep. But after racing now that we're getting the, the night the good weather coming around. Um, you know, I want to spend more time on the car and I think my dad's gonna start building himself a little truck, so I'll probably be helping him with that. Oh nice. Just kinda giving him an extra hand so it's not such a you know, burden for him to work on. But uh yeah, that was I thought that was pretty cool. Um you know, I came on the podcast, I just it was kind of my way of just trying to show you that you know, thanks for thanks for allowing me on your podcast and giving me a you know a place to talk about my racing history and what's going on with our racing program at the current time. So I just wanted to show some love back to Joe Mo Media and the True North Racing Podcast. You know, put them on the side. I mean, there's a small chance I'm going to race anyone from Canada being on you know, on iRacing racing because you can get people from all over the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's still wanted to show that support in some way or another honestly man i appreciate so much that so much like you have no idea um as soon as you asked me for that as soon as you sent me the pictures um of how they looked on your car i immediately like sent them off to my girlfriend i was like i'm like honey honey i'm like look at this look at this like i'm on an because <laughs> like i've always like i'm always um i'm always ecstatic uh 
when uh you know like yourself you know asking for the images to, to use on your iRacing car um Megan Mitchell I sent her a couple uh uh stickers uh for herself for her, for her car as well if she uh for for her to put them on um because both I know both of you guys are pretty avid listeners to the podcast and I can't thank either one of you enough for everything you guys have done for me for the past uh I think about five, seven months right now uh it's, no I don't really I want to say you're welcome but I don't know if that's quite the, <laughs> the right word to use but um, in the but sense, no, I, like it is because like you guys are helping me out by like you, like we talk like uh, from time to time and yeah. uh you know like heck you you came to me about this whole uh uh a little segment we're going to be doing a little bit later where you're going to test me on what i know in motorsports so like i'm excited for this like i'm actually kind of uh excited to drop the uh uh the the um fan question period this week for a uh a slang terminology i don't even know what i'm gonna call it yet but you know i'm excited for that and the fact that you brought that forward to me um is awesome enough to to uh to say the least yeah well i mean it was uh i thought it'd be something cool because i know you you tried doing something a little bit ago you know having people ask you questions and whatnot um about your racing and past your pat your involvement in racing um, so you've mentioned a few times in my interview in the interview with dylan um and i think maybe even in your interview with logan yeah your buddy from Texas, um you're new to the dirt side right so yep. this could this could be a kind of a fun way to break into some of the dirt terms um so in summer uh you don't look like such an asphalt guy exactly right like i i've stuck around asphalt for so long and i've always been fascinated by by the dirt stuff and then like i said i i think i uh i'm looking back probably two or three years ago now yeah three i think three years ago uh yeah two or th- two three years ago this summer is when i ended up going to Oshawegan for the first time after watching it many a night um through their uh, facebook page and i'm like I got to go. I got to see what all this dirt stuff's about. Right. And I, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm, I want to learn and, I, and I'm glad you're, uh, you're going to teach me a little bit tonight. I'm actually excited <laughs> about this. <laughs> well, let's teach, teach might be a bit of a, a loose term, but thanks for the, the, the confidence booster, John. Ah, no worries. Anytime, anytime. That's my job. I'm a, I'm like a mini <laughs> hype man. Oh, I'm not mini in size, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't a, gonna say I'm a, nothing i'm a big guy i'm not i'm not gonna lie like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm not but no i i, I try to act like a mini hype man to get you guys going you know what i mean oh for sure um so you know it's it's we're, we're gonna t- let's talk about a little bit more about uh the past your past racing um you know we we, we i think we covered a lot but i think there's still more that we can just dis- um uh, bring up about that eh yeah and i thought there's uh kind of a couple cool stories i wanted to kind of share um because you know i listen to i listen to other racing podcasts i think we've talked about uh podcasts like dbc and the dale jr mode where they actually talk about some of the old racing stories that they remember of their times racing and having fun and what really made them realize that that was their passion for the sport um, so I felt like I had a couple of those stories I wanted to share as well. 
um, just for, you know, the young fan that wants to tune in and listen into the True North Racing podcast and find out, you know, what are, what, what, what are these drivers, you know, what are they like without their helmet on? Yeah, for you know, sure. Uh, some of the stuff like uh, there's been a few interviews on the DJD where, you know, I never even would have thought some of the stories that they've told that told has even happened, you know, whatever happened, unless you heard it from the horse's mouth. And it's, I find that interesting because that's just, I mean, I, I don't know these people personally, but if they want to share these funny stories or these cool stories, no wonder I was such a big fan of you back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, like I uh, figured, you know, I could share uh, a couple of my stories over the years with different people. Um, you know, some of the weird pranks that you'd see pulled on each other. Um, there was someone at Wonderland that I won't say who, but they were embraced for going around and leaving beer bottles in everyone's seats. So in the car the next week, if you're... You'd either, if you didn't sit in your seat all week, you'd jump in the seat at the track and there'd be a bell sitting in your seat. Or you'd go to wash the car and you'd knew, you knew you had gotten got, but you didn't want people to know you got got. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a pretty good one. Um, so, okay, hold on. Let, let's, let, let's decipher that one a little bit more. I don't care if you don't want to name names because, like, that I, that's understandable. So what was the... so? what was the reason for getting a beer bottle in your car? Like what determined for that driver uh, to get a beer bottle in the car that week? It could be just about anything. I mean, I think I've seen it happen. I think even to me when I won my first, uh, like my first qualifier in the lower class um, to anything of you spun them out or you, like you spun that person out. So they were just, it was just there was no really no rhyme or reason to it, which is what made it personally to me funny. Because it wasn't like it was uh you were attacking or you were like singling somebody out. It just yeah. happened, you know, that person could be standing next to your car talking to somebody, finish their beer and go, Oh, here you go. And so there was really no rhyme or reason to it, but eventually it kind of became like an on running prank. Okay. Or a uh, joke like, oh, you ended up with a beer bottle in your seat this week. <laughs> it didn't really mean anything, any like anything more than just like it was a random thing that <laughs> definitely blew up a lot more than it should have. Oh, man. That actually sounds like a little. <laughs> I don't even... Like literally no rhyme or reason. I kid you not. No the, the rhyme. The fact that no it reason. became a running gag almost is impressive. For a lot of years. <laughs> like for a lot of years um and it goes that like even before i started at wonderland speedway this person was doing it there yeah so i don't even know the absolute origins of it i just there was no rhyme or reason to it if you could the person could just be standing next to your car while they're talking to somebody realize it was just going in your seat oh man that, that so, is yeah. something I, uh, that's where like i'd have like someone at the car 24 7 just so like i are at the track so I'm, like no one's getting anything <laughs> that's the way i look at that like i already get told like, when i go to the track i'm like someone's got to stay at the car so like I, I i don't even know if it's a gig everywhere or if it's just at that place but like it seems like it would be 
Uh, well, as far as I know, that's the only place I've seen that done at. Um, but if you've ever been to Wonderland Speedway, I mean, it was pretty small. So yeah. you could see, like, you you could easily see from one end of the pits to the other. Yeah. Um, not like you were ever, your car was ever out of sight. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone knew, I mean, a lot of us had raced together for a lot of years. Um, so we all knew it was kind of in good fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, have you ever thought of continuing it? That here's me a- personally. Um, no. Okay. Do you think there would uh, be a guy or two in the pits who would do something like that? Oh yeah. There's <laughs> definitely one or two. Like if not a racer person, most likely. Cause I feel like a crew person has the time to like think it out a little more you're not if wrong you're like if you're a driver you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off whether you're going to get your line up or you got to go do a pill draw or um you know they didn't like something you did so you got to go talk to the you know the, the oval office i guess i'll say for the nascar guys um so it definitely a de- like i'm sure somebody somewhere does it and doesn't realize that it's somebody else does it at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it could still be ongoing because that person does still race. Okay. So I don't um, and they have a couple teammates. So I don't know if they do that. Like they, you know, carried it on to within the team type, type deal at their shop nights. Yeah. But could still be going. I just, as far as I know. The only place I've ever seen it done at was Wonderland Speedway. All right, fair enough. Uh, you're, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off there, but uh, I think you were just about to talk about another another uh, story you had in mind, eh? Yes, um, kind of. Because you're an asphalt guy, this is one thing I oh. kind of had uh, sitting in my head um, for the last couple of days. Uh, did you ever make it to the London Ice House when they had like the uh, Can-Am midgets? Uh, they had the micro sprints, the suspended cars. No, I never have. Okay, so we raced at a little indoor. Um, it was just like it's like it used to be the OHL hockey, and okay. they used to they used Coke syrup. And some sort of powder. I can't remember what. Um, like a on the track. Because it was just, it It could have been. I can't, yeah. to be honest, with going back. Be 18 years ago. Because I think I was just, it was only my first year racing. Yeah. Um, I got dirt. And um, it was just kind of in the winter. And we got a call. I was the only dirt guy to show up. None, none of the other dirt guys would bring their cars. Um, but and it was, they put so much of this Coke syrup down that you would go to push your car. Like you'd push your car to and from the pit and you had to clean floor tiles off your car because it would pull the floor tiles up off the floor. Oh, so you'd get man. out in the track. You'd go down to the track and just hope that they all smashed and crushed by the time you got out there. Yeah. Or you'd have to like pick, them, pick them off your tires real oh, quick because, well, that's no good going into a turn first off. Yeah. Um, and second off, they would just be riddled with it. Um, so that was, I don't know if I've 
ever seen something like that, but I'd never done a lot of other than that one event, um, indoor concrete. And I mean, it was flat. It was an ice rink, so it was absolutely yeah. flat. So they had to do so. I understand they had to do something for the grip. Yeah. But it was like, you would go back like at the end of uh, end of the weekend because I think we started on Friday, ended on Saturday night. Uh, like our little pit area where they had us and a few other cars we had a pretty decent pile of floor tiles and I'm sure we could have made it if we pieced them back together and sold them because we were every time you'd out for practice in for practice and you'd drag the floor tiles with you out there and you'd drag them right back oh, in with man. you. That, that's, that, that's actually like, that's, I've never heard of something like that before, but like I, at the same time, like I can believe it because if you're not, I guess you can say if you're not sure of like exactly what to do, you're going to, you may overdo it. Right. Yeah. And And that could have been exactly as they overdid it to compensate and expected it probably to like slick off or like come, come apart, but they didn't expect the, you you guys for it to be so dang sticky where y'all just peeled it off the dang floor. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 I assume that's why they were doing it because they had the Can-Am midgets there. So they had something with that had some power behind it. Yeah. Um, so good and sticky because if those guys had something go wrong and they went into the wall, they wouldn't have been. Um, but for at the time I ran just like the little go-kart class, what we call yeah. the junior mic, uh, you know, Honda engine on it. We probably could have done without the Coke syrup entirely. Because it's not like we were that fast to begin with. Yeah. But for the higher powered cars, I definitely think that's why they went so um, over the top. Like you were, was just to make sure that hey, when these guys get to the corner, they do need to turn. Like this isn't a drag strip. We do need to turn. Yeah. Um, I know I shared something a little bit ago on my Facebook page there, and it was uh, 1991. I think it was like a Can Am challenge. That was uh, filmed and recorded in Niagara. And it was fully indoor, had the Can-Am class. I know I know it was there. Uh, Vic Router was actually, Vic Router of TSN was actually there um, okay. broadcasting it. Um, I can't remember who found it and then who shared it, but I thought it was so cool. Actually, uh, you can find it on YouTube, um, but it was 1991 at the Niagara Convention Center. Okay. Yeah, I'd be going back a ways now. I I wasn't even born yet when that happened, so like, but the fact that you know, it was one. I love Niagara Falls to begin with. That is one of my like go to places if I'm, uh, uh, whenever I want to. It's just like I'm like I'm going to the falls. Um. And but yeah, just the fact that at the convention center they had a, um, Can Am race, and you can tell you can hear like, oh yeah, they put down all this Coke syrup and this and that. I'm like. No, I'm like that. No way. And I'm just watching. I was like, that's that's actually really impressive to see them, especially on that flat of a surface. Same thing like a hockey rink. It's a flat, flat surface. By the time they get going, they're stopping and turning. Right. So uh, there's actually another one I found, too. It was uh, from the Skydome, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it was. I want I uh, please anyone who, who knows about it. Do not get mad at me if I say it's wrong. I believe it was the USAC midgets. That would be pretty cool. 
uh, and they ran it on the, on the on the concrete floor. They they ripped up the the, the turf in the, in the dome again. I don't know how back far back this goes. Same thing. Someone shared it, I and mean, because one, I love love Sky Dome. Two, I love racing. I'm like I have to share it no matter what. So that way, like every year, I have a reminder of it. Yeah, I will have to go back and check to check for those. Is that that USAC one we? It it was really interesting to watch because same thing they were like they laid down so much coke syrup to help the cars turn because it's so flat, um, and I I, I want to say it, Vic Router was announcing it again, but don't quote me on that one. But no, same same idea though. It was uh, just on a much larger scale instead of like a convention center or an ice rink in your case. Um, yeah, but it was uh, uh you know held fifty thousand people in Toronto. That's that's pretty cool. That's I've never. That's what I've never heard of. I knew they did them up uh, New York and Niagara, um, like around the ninety mid nineties, yeah, uh, late mid um, and even into the early two thousands. Um, but I didn't know they ever. I mean, I they used to do. I think they still do Superdome. So I don't see why they couldn't do racing. I mean, right now they're playing in Toronto, so let's build a racetrack out of it. <laughs> exactly right. Um, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but even, uh, I want to say somewhere in Cleveland, I followed them on Instagram. It was actually an indoor racing league and, but it was junior late models and they raised them up on a platform and raced them on like a steel cage almost. Yes. I think I've yeah. seen something of what I can't remember what they were called. But it looked uh, like it was more like almost a velodrome, like the bike. Yes. Do the bike races. It almost looked like one of those, but with a junior late model on it. Is yeah. That yeah. And it was made out of steel. But like, it seemed like it was up on a platform. So like it, like everything was up on a platform. So like, I don't know how they got on and off the track, but I'm, I may have to do some research later now thinking about this. That's that I can't. My mind. I, I'm almost a hundred percent sure we're talking about the same thing, but I think I saw that on Facebook like a few years ago. Yeah, and that was my first thought. It was that somebody I thought it originally because uh, it just I I was probably just scrolling through Facebook quick, and I thought originally it was in Canada because that's because it looked like the junior late models. Yeah, and my first thought was, where do we do this? This would be cool. Because yeah. the video I saw just looked like bumper cars, but they looked like they were actually racing on like a velodrome. Track. Yeah. No, I it was. I think it was a hockey ring somewhere in the northeast uh, U.S. there that had it, and it was awesome to watch. Like it was actually like I, I sat there one day and scrolled through all their videos, just looking at it because I'm like I I was mesmerized by it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's something. Like I said, I'm gonna have to. Uh, uh, do some digging into after this. Actually, so one more. So going back, since we're still on the topic of the indoor uh, indoor concrete racing. Okay. Uh, that weekend, so we did our qualifying and heat races early in the day on the Saturday. I want to say at like 9 or 10 o'clock. Yep. And then we had a few. And I had a hockey game that day. So oh, no. my hockey game was like, I was young, so it was probably like, from four o'clock to five o'clock. Yeah. But races started at five thirty. And we were the first class. 
and they were just going to, they already did the heat races. You already had all your practice. So it wasn't like I could miss my heat race and jump in for the feature. Yeah. It was, they, they did it so that you ran through all your features and then, then it was done. Yeah. Which was, I think was kind of, a, it was kind of smart on their part because we had the building all day anyways. Yeah. Um, but so I get done. I don't even finish the game. Like, I think we lost two one. Um, and I left with like four or five minutes to go. And as my team's coming off the ice, I'm running the other way, full <laughs> driver's seat with my, with my racing bag in my hand. Um, and I just kind of left my hockey equipment in the room. Yeah. Cause my grandfather was there and he was, I, he was just going to grab my rate, my hockey gear for me and take it back to his house. Yeah. So I'm full sprint out of the rink. My team that's coming the other way off the ice in my racing gear. We get there and I can see some cars rolling past the door. Yeah. And I don't know why we didn't think of this, but our where our class pitted was right at the front entrance. Um, so yeah. you had like the kids class right by the front entrance. And yep. it was cool because a lot of kids, like a lot of other kids my age were coming up and looking. So it made me feel kind of like a rock star because it's like, oh, you know, I'm standing by this cool race car and, you know, there's five other kids at my age. I'll check it out. You know what I mean? Made you feel you know, like a big shot for the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't get why I didn't go through that door. But we decided to go side entrance. So instead of taking the quicker route, yeah, we tried to get the side entrance. And because of there was people pitted right there, they didn't want to open the door for us. Because they would get froze right out. Yeah. So luckily enough, we get in. The, we get in. I get to the car. We get the car to the lineup, and I'm like, I'm like finishing my helmet, getting my gloves on, get all the way out to the where we were um, lined up for staging. And I was already late, but I forgot my neck brace. Oh jeez. It was all the way back at the pit. So. My mom starts going back, and then some, someone we raced with at Oshwigan that year, um, they actually raced up from me. They raced in the what was the 440 micro sprint class. Okay. Um, they recognized my mom and was like, what's wrong? She's like, oh, Joey forgot his neck brace. So the kid takes his neck brace off, hands it to my mom, and says, okay, go. So she brings somebody else's neck brace for the race. And I go – and so – I'm luckily, luckily enough, I made it there on time. Yeah. Luckily enough, because I had a you know brain blip, um, somebody could lend me their neck brace, and I ended up winning that night. After losing the, I think we were even in the playoffs. Oh man! So it knocked out of the playoffs, but I won my race. It's like you're um, happy and sad. It's a very conflicting moment there. It's a fifty-fifty. Uh, Silver linings playbook type moment, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, so- no, I thought I thought that'd be another good one to share, just because it was like, you know. Oh, you're absolutely correct. You- that that was a heck of a story to be telling, because that's <laughs> like how uh, how often does a story start a racing story start out? So I uh, was that hockey. <laughs> Not very often. Well, I mean, to be fair, we do live in Canada, so like. I, I could feel like this would be something that would happen maybe not here in Ontario, but like maybe in Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan area. 
Uh, I don't think that'd be a relative story here in Ontario, but that is, <laughs> I would agree with that a hundred percent though. To American, they're probably thinking like, what the hell? Like you're either racing or you're playing hockey. Like one of the two, <laughs> you're not playing both. No, well, that's, uh, that, that was an interesting weekend. Uh, uh, I can imagine. They, they randomly called us in the middle of the week about it. They started to put it all together. Oh, so um, it was it, a last so minute. It, it was like last minute. Um, Like I was in public school and my dad was getting the car ready. Okay. So we could go racing because we had like, it wasn't until like the very last minute that they actually got um, everything you know, else sorted out. Yeah, like all the rental agreement and the can am midgets to say they would come. Yeah. Um, and like like I said, I was the only dirt guy, so everyone else had slick asphalt tires, and I still had dirt treaded tires, which is all right because they're a softer compound. Yeah. But you want to make sure you have a couple else couple spares because if you don't, there's a good chance like your dirt treaded tires will turn into dirt slick tires. Yeah. Just because they're so uh, soft and with the coat down, it took all the rubber off of them. Oh, for sure. I can only imagine that. But uh, that was that was an interesting one. Um, so you you've had you've been a crew guy on a team. Yep. Since we've been talking about racetrack pranks earlier, what's been one good shot prank you've seen a crew member pull on each other? Or a driver pulling one of his crew guys. I wouldn't really so much call it as a prank. As more so much of almost like a death sentence, depending on the day. Um, but with me being with David Elliott Racing, um, I would uh, there was times I would go down with my stepdad, uh, who was his crew chief. And uh, we would go there. We'd be working dead middle of winter. And all of a sudden, like, you'd see my stepdad, like, walk by the by the uh, the side door of the shop and lock it and make sure all the other doors were locked as well. And then he would go walk right by the heater and let a big old fart rip. (laughs) (laughs) You have never seen like in the typically there was only about maybe four or five of us in the shop at a time, um, him included, and you never seen like so many of us just get up and run as fast as we can and then like play with the door lock because it was locked. But that's about <laughs> the, that's about the only funny thing I got um, is that story. But cause for the most, I mean, I, I, if anyone knows David Ellie, David is very much a, a prankster and a jokester. Um, and he does it by more of his comments and unfortunately, I haven't really hung out with him much. Or uh, 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 last time I crewed for him was about five years ago now. So uh, uh, I can't. Re- not, nothing really sticks much anymore. But uh, there's one year like he, um, I got a stunt driving ticket ten years ago now. Um, a year later, my brother got into an accident. Not not like both. He was fine. He walked away. And uh, we were walking up to the to the pit one time, and he just goes like, "Oh look, it's a uh, fast and crash coming our way now," <laughs> or something along those lines. 
he was one of those guys that was very quick with the tongue, eh? Very, very much so. And it half the time it left you dumbfounded. Because well, when they're that quick, there's just you got it's almost to like uh, you just yeah, you just don't have anything you can say to it. You're trying to process what they've said like ten minutes after they've said it. <laughs> like I'll start laughing. I'm like, I don't even know what the heck just happened. <laughs> I'm like, it's funny. <laughs> that, that's pretty much yeah. That's pretty like. Even myself, like I'd, I've never really pulled a whole lot of pranks because uh, the guys I've worked with, I was pretty much the only guy besides them in the shop. So it's not really much you can do if you're trying to get it a, a whole lot of work done in a very little amount of time, right? Yeah, correct. I'd say that, you know, there's there's uh, you can have you, you can have some fun when you got the time too, but if you're up in the midnight oil, yeah, you just kind of uh, get done and get it out of there, right? Yeah. The yeah, late that, nights definitely drag on by the end of the season. That was uh, that was pretty much my uh, me working with uh, uh, the guy after I worked with uh, David. Um, I was pretty much the only guy working for him, uh, crewing for him. So I was always uh, busting my butt, making sure I was getting that car ready to go back to the track the next week. Uh, where sometimes it was, uh, uh, we he would bring the car to my friend's shop out here, and uh, depending on. The, if it was a week I didn't have my kids or not for the weekend, uh, he would bring it out the Friday night. I'd work on it all weekend by myself typically, and then send it back with him on Sunday. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to really, uh, to really mess around. No, not when you're a one man crew. No, I always joke though. Cause I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm pretty much a racer except for the fact that I don't own the car. I don't drive the car, but I do everything else for it. That's that'll happen. Um, I mean, <laughs> it was a learning experience for me and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I got you kept you in touch with the sport sport you love. Right. Exactly. It kind of it like you like uh, the past like two years, I was really like in and out of the sport. Um, so last year until I uh, jumped on with the uh, young drivers, Canadian Vintage Modifieds as their media guy. And then in June of last year, starting this. Well, starting uh, Jomo Media, not the podcast. Yeah. Um, that's uh. So it's that uh, sounds like uh. Sounds like you've been keeping busy since ever since then. Yeah, pretty much. I've been, I I always wanted to. I always wanted something to keep me in the to keep me going to the track, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even if you're not, even if, cause I mean, I can understand from being, uh, you know, if you're a crew member, it'd be difficult to sit on the other side of the fence um, yep. and have to sit there and watch, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's what you enjoy doing. You enjoy being over there and being over there with a purpose. Exactly. Like so the time the, I went to Oshwegan a couple years ago, it felt so weird to me going over to the, to the, to the uh, grandstand side. And sitting there with my two kids watching the race, I'm like, I feel like I need to be doing something right now, but I don't know what. <laughs> yep, I'm sure there's a set of tires I'm supposed to do the air pressures on, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't see any, so I guess I'm taking the night off. Yeah, pretty much. That's the way it always felt like. That's I've even if I've gone like the so Grand Band Speedway, obviously, um, yep. is local to where we are here, and we have some friends that were their kids were younger than me. So they raced there after we did. And we would go up all the time just to watch and support them. 
because they're family, really good family friends of ours. Yeah. It didn't take me and my dad too long to have our armpits up into something. Um, I remember the Oscar Pro Midgets were at Grand Bend, and I had gotten asked to drive the the one guy that's the one guy that sponsors our car ha- has for years asked me to drive his Oscar Pro Midget. Yeah, for the weekend, and. I kind of, by that point, um, I mean, I did that for a lot of years and I had my fun doing it, but, uh, and it was before the Oscar Pro Midgets were even, a they were a thought, but nothing had kind of come of it yet. Yeah. And I was, I was like, yeah. my first year in the new dirt stuff, in the new dirt mod, I really want to be flipping back and forth, but I'll come up and watch, you know, it was two minutes, and I already had, had an issue with their ignition, and I think they had to just they had to swap out the clutch. And I mean, before I even knew it, it was almost like I one of those like blackout, and then you come to moments, and you're like, wait, how did I get here? <laughs> and so came to, and I had a kill switch in one hand, air in the other. <laughs> how did this happen? Uh, it's just from being a racer at the, when you go, you go to the track, it's just so hard to not want to be in the middle of it all. Cause that's, cause that's what, you know, exactly. Uh, my buddy, uh, Logan Dillon, he even tells me, he's like, whenever I go to a different track and I'm going with some friends or whatever, I'm making sure my helmet, my fire suit and everything <laughs> I need to go racing is in the truck with me. Hey, you never know when a sub driver's needed. Exactly. You never know. Better to have, have you it. seen the burger. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, have you seen some of the burgers they serve in some places? <laughs> oh, don't even. Driver get me could started. end up with food poisoning. Driver could end up with food poisoning, and you you need a backup. You're not wrong. But hey, we all love that track food. That is until over- the next. That until over- the next day. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, I can go for about like two flam burgers at any given time, and I'm like, and I'm good. I, but I think that's why I like Delaware so much, though, because in the in the pits there, they always had Domino's pizza. So like by the end of the night, I always had like a box of Domino's to myself. I yeah, that really sounds about right. Up. Yeah, I re- I remember something. Yeah, that's about right. And then, because uh, yeah, I never really got too much from their concession stands when I did up at Delaware. Yeah. Uh, but now that sounds about right. Which I don't get why more tracks don't do that. I, I mean, I mean, if any tracks are listening right now, I would highly suggest bringing in like a good pizza company, like Meridville Speedway. Meridville Speedway is doing their own pizzas now. And I went down and I tried some and man, is it good. I'm glad I don't live any closer than I do. That's actually funny enough. You brought that up, John. <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day, my mother the other day. And I said that to her. Yeah. It's like, well, geez, now when we go up to the races, we can just get dinner at the track. Yeah. She goes, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, they got the, the wood, the wood fired pizzas there. Halfway through the night, we'll send you over with the money. You can pick up the pizza, <laughs> walk over, pick it up for us. 
bring it back. We had her working on the race car, and we got hot pizza for when we're done working. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so, like, uh, um, like me and the girlfriend were down that way. We went over and tried some, and man, is it good. I love, I'm a sucker for really, really good wood oven pizza. Like, my favorite place is actually in the falls. It's called Antica Pizza. Um, I believe it's on Lundy's Lane there down in Niagara or Ferry Street or one of the two down in the falls. And man, is it good. And like it rivaled that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I'm a sucker for it. So like I'm glad I live an hour and a half away from Merrittville Speedway so that I'm not like guilt tripping myself to go every day. Well, heck, I might have to get a couple this season. You're, you're going to have to, man. It was good. It's delicious. It'd be nice after the you know long drive home. You just set yourself up with a box of pizza in the back of the truck and just mow down until you get home. See, that's where I was always bad because like when I used to go to Delaware Speedway, um, wow, twelve years ago now or so, um, the guys I crewed for David Elliott, uh, their guys or their his spotter uh, came up with a, a nickname for me because I'd always show up to the track with a box of pop tarts. Okay. And like by the time, like I, so we'd always stop at the TA down in Woodstock there. And I would pick up a box of Pop Tarts and like a pop or something before, or like a Gatorade, especially when it was a hot day out. And by the time I got to the track, I'd already eaten two of the small packages of Pop Tarts. So, like while we're doing tires or practicing or whatever, if I'm sitting there doing timing, I'm sitting there eating a Pop Tart while he's on track. <laughs> so they started calling me Pop Tart Man. Hey, the shoe fits. <laughs> the, the shoe fit. That was my weekly thing. I was so happy to stop in the TA. I picked between a s'mores pop tart or a double chocolate pop tart, and I was and I was happy. Uh, s'mores, yeah. S'mores I was are... a pop tart kid myself, and s'mores. I remember them being really, really good. They're still good. I I'll pick up a package up. every now and then. I'll have to test it up and see if that holds up. <laughs> I find if whenever I go to Delaware, I have to pack a pack a box for myself. Hey, nostalgia, man, nostalgia. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, you're 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 not wrong about the track food though. Like, but yeah, if any track wants to, I highly suggest bringing in some good pizza, and uh, you got a fan for life. Hey, I'll show up if they if they you would even be better if they offered the drivers. A free slice of pizza at the end of the night. I would, I would, I would go race for a free pizza. I, like even if it's like a Little Caesars medium hot and ready pizza. Screw the money. I want a pizza. <laughs> that should be the new slogan. <laughs> Guys, it tracks. I don't, I don't want to race for money anymore. I'll, I'll race for pizza. Like no matter where I finish, if I finish first, give me a pizza. If I finish last, give me a pizza. I'm a happy man. Hey man, that's my dad would like when I was a kid. That's pretty much what my dad said was my goal in, <laughs> my my goal in racing. Make enough money like pizza. like he only enjoys racing so he can grab a burger. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I like racing, but they do got decent burgers here. Yeah. Depends on where you go. I I I go to Flambro, I get a couple Flam burgers while I'm there. That's one I haven't tried. The my favorite was Sobble. I remember their burgers being ridiculous. 
I'm going to have to make a road trip up to Sobel yet. I haven't been since 2010. So um, it's it's been a while for me. And Burger Barn's good up at Oshwegan. Oh, you're but talking you hit, my alley there. But you go there before you go to the track. <laughs> so I don't know if I would. Like, I know they sell them at the track. I think they did at the, the Summer Nationals a couple years ago. Yeah. Burger Barn had a little booth set up. But uh, so I don't know if I would really classify track food or just food I associate with that track. I mean, the fact that they also bring what three or three or four race cars a week. I mean, they yeah, they sponsor, sponsor quite a few cars. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be I would say like they're a track food as well, even well, if they're I guess not I... the ones flipping the burgers in the actual um, in the concession stand. Well, if that's the criteria we're going by, that changes it. <laughs> and Oshwegan goes to one and Sobble falls down to two. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I told my dad, my dad lived in Brantford for a little bit. And I was like, dad, I'm like, I'm going to pick you up. Um, I know it's New Year's, but like, we're going to like the, if, um, the we first being after New Year's was typically our weekend. We would meet up and do gift exchange between um, him himself and my kids and whatnot. And we decided to make Burger Barn our little yearly treat and like the first time we went i was i was floored from start to finish on how well that place operates and how well they treat everyone and like the food you can't you can't go wrong with it you're not the first person you're not the 10th person i've heard say that exact same (laughs) sentence johnny and i i will attest to that myself like and that's that's part of the reason why I love going to Oshwegan, other than it is my favorite track that we have here in Ontario for the dirt stuff. Yeah. It's no, you know, we go up there, we go a little early, stop, get a, get a nice burger beforehand and have a portion that's bigger than anything I could ever eat in my life and go to the track for the rest of the night and be full as can be. Exactly. Like, I, I I would yeah I, if if you know if the burgers at the concession stand if, at Oshwegan were the same as Burger Barn and the portions were the same, I'd have to put Oshwegan at number one. Yeah, <laughs> even Oshwegan in general, like the, how they have everything set up, like it to me, it I almost felt like I was walking into almost a NASCAR facility. Like not like not like I I walking into Oshawa and I felt the same as if I walked into Michigan International Speedway, without the all the grandness of the of the um uh of the, of who's there kind of thing. Yeah, no, I definitely I get, I get uh, that vibe. I can agree with you there. I mean, it's not, like they do put a lot of they put in a, a lot of work in place, um since Glenn first. Um, got it going and everything. Yeah. Um, it's like you can watch old video and you don't even recognize it. Oh, um, but I, I mean, I, I can attest to that 100%. Even on the drive on the pit side, um, where you walk up to the, like where the grandstands are on the pit side, you walk through and it just kind of opens. Everything looks so clean. Um, yeah. you know, it doesn't look, um, like it looks does look very it's presented in a very professional way 
Yeah. Um, and obviously they have stuff like the the LED lights around the 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 post for the the fence, the catch fence and stuff like that. Yeah. Um that makes it a little different and kind of brings in that vibe. And but you walk up I know from the pit side and this is exactly how it's kind of really the only way I can describe it. But you walk up and then the track just kind of because it's down below where you stand it just kind of opens up yeah and you just see you see everything on the other side so like the great the general admission side and not to put any other tracks down in ontario um, by any means at all but oshwegan takes their facility and puts it on a whole nother level for just how they present it um i've never went there and it not be like for instance, the I'll use the bathrooms for example. Squeaky clean every time you go in them. Oh yeah. How many times do you go to a sporting facility at all? And you know the washrooms. You don't. You're not picking your feet three feet off of the ground and hearing them squeak the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know um, what you mean. But even to go down to that detail with their facilities is just a, a testament to how much how professional glenn tries to run that place oh for and sure run that place oh yeah the 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 staff he's got there does a remarkable job from start to finish and you know same thing like I, i'm not knocking any track in ontario because we we need them all doesn't matter if it's oh, asphalt yeah. doesn't matter if it's dirt we need them all to survive so that you know, we can get to go to Washington, Merrittville, Humberstone, make it a weekend thing. Uh, you know, uh, the action sprint tour was supposed to, I believe, go out to Southern Ontario Motor Speedway if they, if they even had released the schedule, if I believe so. Um, but I think the Knights, well, what's the new one? The Knight, the, the Knights the, of Thunder, Knights of Thunder or spring, spring Guard Tour, they the were going to go out that sprint way. Tour. Yeah. Like, or even going out towards uh, Brighton, where you can go up to, um, uh, was it Cornwall? I think it is. Yeah, there's Brighton. Well, there's Brighton Speedway for Apple Fest. Yeah. And then Cornwall is right. It's that's where the border crossing is over to New York. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they those are top. Like even those are top facilities. I don't know how much I'll get up to. Like I, to be honest with you, I probably won't get to a Cornwall. Yeah. Um just because of the drive, but I want to Brighton every year has Apple Fest and that's like a three day long event where there's just racing every day. I, and I've heard it's an awesome time, but I haven't been able to make it up there yet for that race. So that's, yeah. that's on the bucket this year. I'm, uh, I'm trying to hit up so that every year um, for the next, how many X, X amount of years, um, I hit up a new track each summer and go to one of their bigger events of the year to see how well everything goes. That'd so be like, pretty cool. So like maybe depend all depends on we're trending in the right way with COVID, which is good that we're going to go back to racing. We're going to go back to capacities. But like, I think the first one on my list is actually Merrittville Speedway. Hey, if you make it down there, Johnny, you know, I'll be there exactly for um i drove by it and i was like i didn't expect like i don't know what i was expecting when i got there but like the way like i drove up to the track was very easy 
not complicated at all. And then like when I drove by it, I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> like, but not in a bad way. I was just like, because I've only ever seen it through what GeForce has pr- was put out. Yeah. I never actually looked it up on Google Maps or anything like that and got a feel for what it, how big it was or anything like that. Um, but still driving by the facility, I didn't, because ex- you drive up to Oshwigan and it's like this massive place, right? Yeah. And then you kind of drive up to Maryville. It's like, it's like kind of like me going to Oshwigan and then me going to Flamborough. You don't notice it kind of thing. Yeah, and I could I just I could uh, get where you're going with that. If that makes sense, or even um, uh, full throttle motor speedway, you can drive right by that place and not even know you you passed it. That's because it's For also sure. like hidden back there. But like it's a it, to me, it's the same kind of uh, um aspect there. I I was so shocked that it was just like, especially when I turned down the road. Uh, I think just north of it, um, because we came in like a back way from St. Catharines. Oh, okay. And, and uh, it took me down some really, a really, really steep road. I, d- I don't even know what it was, but it was, I, I, it, you almost felt like you fell off the edge of the earth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. Like I rolled up to the stop sign and there's a street and it told me to go through the stop sign. So I went through and I'm like, oh, that's a nice view. And the next thing I'm like, I'm like looking straight down. Like it was almost like a roller coaster. Like when you're looking down and then like, you feel like, yeah, I go back to come back out flat again yeah that's what it felt like i I was on the brakes hard (laughs) going down that hill because i'm like this is this is too steep for me i've never been on anything that steep before um yeah like i said so we went a back way and then we turned down this one road and all of a sudden like oh oh crap we're here like oh i'm like oh that's actually really cute how like how cool it looks from this side compared to how you come uh i'm gonna assume the typical way where you get off at um Oh, what's that road there where the drive-in is? Oh, that's I to be honest with you, we come up, we come right up. We come from a completely different direction. Yeah. Um, so like our normal way, and there's I've seen a few people, we generally run across a few people. We run right through Pelham and Okay. Uh Pelham and Font Hill. Yeah, yeah. And then turn a left because you can get you get basically to the highway and you can see the overpass. Because there's the Timmy's right uh, where, there, where you right where Semnux Esso is, and yeah. on the other side is the Tim Hortons. Yeah, you can take a right there that takes you to Humberstone, and then we take a left to go to Merrittville. So I think we're going a completely different way than where you're talking from. Yeah, so like I I know exactly where you're coming from because uh I actually have an aunt who lives down in Font Hill, um, but like looking at it now, I've picked up my sister from my aunt's house. I've been down to my aunt's house a few times. She lives maybe 20 minutes from the track, and you've never been, and I had no clue it was there. <laughs> hey, you got a place you can stay, John? <laughs> go I, go watch the races and then go crash your aunt's after. Exactly. I was always saying, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, honey, I'm like, why don't we do like an Oshwegan uh, one weekend? If we got nothing to do, let's do an Oshwegan Maryville Humberstone weekend where we go down to Oshwegan Friday night, stay, you know, stay, try and stay in like the Hamilton area that night, then head on down to um, uh, Merrittville the next day and then stay in the falls that night and then go to Humberstone on the Sunday. And she's like, 
I'm down. That seems like a fun weekend, actually. Hey, that sounds like a good deal for you. Exactly. It's uh, uh, I was like, I'm like, I want to get down here to a race to actually see what Maryville's Maryville looks like compared to like what it looks like on GeForce, because even though GeForce does a heck of a job uh, showing all the angles, nothing beats being in person. No, not at all. That's where you that's where you get that atmosphere, right? You actually get the feel of the atmosphere of that track. Yeah. Um, you know, just the tension that when there's a uh, you know certain drivers near each other and you're sitting in the stands and you can see people actually like you you it's yeah it's very difficult to describe but 100% agree with you there. Yeah, uh, to me it's always the uh, um walking from the car to the to the pit gate. And then once you paid your admission, you're walking through and you're kind of like, oh, like you said, opening up where it opens up to, to the to the side of the track. I'm I'm excited for that one. Um, you know what? I think we're going to jump into I think this is actually a perfect time to jump into because we're talking a lot about dirt tracks right now. Let's jump into the segment we're going to do with you about throwing out some uh, uh, terminologies to me to see if I can figure it out. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of a word association. So when I tell you, I'll give you, there'll be one or two words. Um, just kind of the first thing that pops into your head. Um, right. Like I said, uh, um, because we kind of spoke about how we're going to do this earlier. And uh, so I'll, I grabbed a couple that were sort of asphalt and dirt just general racing terms okay. um, just into the swing, you know, give you some practice swings before you got to hit. The <laughs> exactly. Um, so the first one we're going to start off with here is stagger tires. Got to stagger out what the tires. exactly about the tires though. So you got to make sure. So depending on obviously how you run your stagger, um, I know a lot of guys run two and a half on the front, three and a half on the rear. Cause you want your left sides to be smaller than your right sides. Correct. That's in general terms rough, exactly rough idea yeah not so much the uh the numbers but uh but yeah yeah what's the difference between one tire the the circumference of one tire to the circumference of another yeah uh, one we're gonna go with is bottom feeder oh that's where you're going driving the bottom of the track the entire way around typically uh slower cars or lap cars are the ones that are doing that ding 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 yes um so now we're gonna get into some <laughs> I noticed you didn't have a button to press, so I kind of I, had to come I, up with I the... I don't uh, have one, sorry. I got to gotta work on a I soundboard. Got, I, I don't have a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that technical, uh, man. I'm I'm so simple, it's unreal. So the next one I got for you here is... I'm going to go with crossover. Okay, so that... Uh, okay, so depending on what how you do that, that's uh, typically where a car will go high go low and then in the next corner and see you guys kind of swap back. Yeah. So those are kind of the end of the kind of ones that general ones that go back and forth from each other. Yeah. Um, so when I say to you, I'm going to groove and sight. What does that mean to you? Oh, dude, I watched too much hunt the front for that one. Cause that's all they do. <laughs> I feel like that's where they, uh, the, they work the tires. eh? and then the, uh, they take a saw, I'm assuming. I don't know. I haven't actually looked at it very much. It was like a saw, and then you go across the part in the tire to actually uh, groove it out. Yeah. Am so I it, right on that a little bit. 
Yeah, you're you're in the ballpark. We'll give you a half a half. Right. You hit a you hit a double on that one. I got I got a double sweet. That's the most I ever got. Um, so, group. What it is, um, it's like an eye. If you think, if you look at it, um, it's, you kind of hold at least the one we use personally in the sportsman class. Um, you 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 hold it like you would a saw with one hand. Yeah. It's a hot iron, and on the very end, um, there's, so there's an element piece, and it translates down to the very end um, that it's made out of brass, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, where you actually have um, your, your cutting head. So you have a brass armature that holds your um, little... Uh, if it's siping, it'll be just two. We, ours has just two individual blades. Okay. Um, no one really, no really, no bigger than a piece of paper. Um, and so that heat transfers from the element down into the brass head, and then that brass head, because it conducts the heat so well, puts that into the um, the little two blades. Um, and so those small little ones are the sipes okay. and that's where um, I've always debated my downness um, just because in a 25 lap race, it's, I don't, there's a, it, the tire will change a little, but not as drastically as you, like it doesn't, or at least it doesn't feel like it's changing that drastically. Yeah. Uh, but it'll cut tiny little grooves in it with the siper and that will allow the tire to mushroom head a little bit. Okay. I guess you could so you get a little bit more surface area, but those grooves will actually let the tire escape heat at the same time. Okay. So they're there for they're they're there for a couple different reasons why you would sipe it. And then the groover um, you'll get some people have one that's two handles on each side and pull it towards them, okay. and that'll take out that takes out your big chunks. So what you're actually using to create grip out of your tires, um, that that's where, is where the Cypress is more just made to put a little bit of relief, just little relief cuts around the tire um, to get you a little bit more surface area and let a little bit more actual heat out of the tire um because okay. they do get hot lap race just not as hot as you may yeah um, like you fault okay um so that that hopefully that'll uh that kind of sums it up that's my weekly job and before we had a tire stand i hated doing it um because you were hunched over the tire for like the right rear will take you three four hours to do alone okay so by the end of it your back's like dead and you've been yeah. standing over like a hot iron for three hours so you're like dripping you're sweat, dripping sweat and... the whole time you're doing it yeah um, it's not the best job but um in racing the tires how much tire prep you do can be a big difference on how well you run that week okay so it's something you don't want to have it sucks when it's 40 degrees out and you got to do it but you know that by doing it, you're going to pick yourself up, um, you know, a couple three tenths on your lap times. Yeah. Next one we'll go with is roost. Sorry, which one? Roost. Roost. 
Oh, I've never heard that one before. Okay, wild. What this is gonna be a wild, wild guess here. Um, just, I, the, I'm gonna say the track's not packed down, but it's fl- uh, giving the cars a rooster tail. Yeah, it's the oh. dirt coming off the rear tires, uh, much like a dirt. You know, when uh, it's kind yeah. of more of a dirt bike term. Yeah, but uh, or come from more of the dirt bike side when they say they got roosted, it's yeah, dirt's flying off the tire and it just hammers you. Yeah, you don't get it so much in the like in our stuff, um, more in the winged uh, wings because they're a lot more open to the outside, is where in our mods you have you know, there's a good and a half beside you till you get to your actual outside of the body, yeah. So a lot of that roost actually gets taken and, and loose dirt gets taken up in body pieces and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but every so often you will get a rock and that hurts. Oh. Right between the knuckles. I do not wish oh. that on anybody during a race. That's happening. Um, so it's uh. So I'm gonna go with redraw. Redraw. Yeah. So typically that would be, I'm going to assume after qualifying where the pole sitter has to redraw and then they kind of invert the field from there. Yeah. It gets, it gets done in many different ways, but that's, that's basically the in and out of it. So yeah. like for, I wanted to bring something up like that. Cause a lot of, uh, a lot of tracks and they draw, they like to bring every, but they like to actually bring the drivers out onto the front stretch for the fans. Okay. Because they'll do like, hey, this is so and so from Michigan, and he races this number, and and they'd like to, you know, it's like a driver introduction kind, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, so if a fan hears the word redraw, they need to get straight because it's their chance to see the guys that they're cheering for, or cheering against or you know if they if it's a little kid that's got a hat you know wave your hat in the air so the guy he may not see it but you're still it's the thought and uh the thought of supporting him that matters i guess is what i'm trying to say oh for sure so when a fan hears that term get your butt to the front stretch everybody (laughs) um so this one here we're gonna go with two that tie into each other or three that'll be tying into each other Oh no! Uh, what do when I say dry slick? Jesus! Uh, wow! Dry slick. To me, that would be sounding like doing something on pavement if you're trying to spin your tires. Um, I guess that would almost to me like it sounds like it would be. Um, I guess that the track's dry, but it's slicking over. I guess. Yeah, so you'll see it um, kind of towards going into the later features. Yeah, um, the track, the track, you get it'll get real dusty and real dusty, and then it'll almost look like there's spots that are real shiny. Um, I've been running and it polishes off the dirt. Yeah, so that becomes a real slick spot in the track because oh, okay. you may in. So that's the tracks getting dry and the surface is very slick. Okay. That's basically what that's, uh, that's going with. Um, so now we're going to go with when I say heavy. Oh, I've never heard that term before. 
I mean, I mean, I'm a big guy, but I've heard that term before. But <laughs> I, I always got to poke my fun at myself on that one. Uh, I guess heavy. Um, I, I guess if the car is leaning too much one way, I guess that would it would make it heavy. I guess they could be right with that one, um, but it's more used as a term to describe the track surface. So. Like you, like obviously, when someone's five pounds heavy, they're five pounds heavy. So technically, yeah. they're heavy, uh, but um, it's, a, it's a term that is used to. And I really should have said it as heavy track because that that probably would have been a little better ballpark. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that term there, it's a very uh, waist um, tacky uh, type of track. So there's okay. It's very muddy. So when oh, you come okay. off the track, your car looks like a Chia Pet. <laughs> it's a track. Um, if you're going in, if, if you're in the stands and you're eating your burger and you're getting pelted in the face, dirt, little dirt clods, yeah. um, the track's just starting to work in. Okay. Um, I had somebody once tell me that if you're at, like, and I was at Oshwegan, um, if the dirt comes off in perfect little like half inch size balls, yep. the track surface is where they want it to be. Um, so anything where you got big slop, if you're looking at, if you're looking into the corner and it's just big slop coming off the back of the cars, yep, uh, be a very yeah, that'd be another indicator that it's a heavy track. Okay. Um, also, when guys are running the bottom a lot, because you, when you when the track's heavier. Obviously, it's like if you've ever driven down a gravel road yep. uh, during a rainstorm, and it kind of you kind of follow in the tracks of the car that was there before you. Yep. Um, there's all sorts of grip, so you run the bottom and not lose so much time as to the guys up top. So when the track's heavy, a lot of guys will be running more down towards the bottom. Okay. Uh, at least in the modifieds, uh, at in the in our area of Ontario. Okay. Those, those two tied into each other just because they were kind of competing. Yeah. Turn the track surfaces. Um, so these next two also tied to each other. Okay. Uh, I tell you rear axle lead. Oh, real rear axle lead. I don't. Huh? To me, like that would make it seem like the the rear end stepping out a little bit, I guess. But like, so uh, the, I don't think that's right. So, going back to your definition of stagger earlier, where your right rear tire is bigger than your left rear tire. Yep. On the dirt, um, when that situation happens, it can actually cause you to be much looser coming off. Okay. So you lead the rear axle on the left-hand side to combat that a little bit. So you come out, so you're coming off the corner a little straighter. Okay. Um, and it's actually become so popular in the last few years that, and people are going so aggressive with that, that Bicknell's race, Bicknell race created a, um, an adapter kit for lack of better term to run a shorter left rear um, four bar. 
to so you can get more lead in that axle to pull that less forward. Okay. So when you get on the gas, it wants to it'll want to, that right rear tire still wants to come around. Yeah. But you let it ahead a half an inch. So it takes a little bit out of that, a little bit of that out of it. Okay. So that was I don't know. I don't from what I understand, I don't know if the asphalt guys use a lot of reactive lead um on their cars, but I mean I imagine they probably do because a lot of the stuff we're doing now kind of mimics uh, you know, the open wheel modified type stuff. Yeah. I've I've noticed that in the last about year and a half, guys are going away from what you would think a traditional dirt car would look like going around a turn. Yeah. And it's very it's not so leaned over back on the right rear or cocked right out. It's a lot more, you know, sent you're going through the center of the corner as square as you can, coming off the corner as straight as you can. Yeah. Um, so that's so I imagine they're using a little bit of that because our cars are the attitude of our cars are somewhat starting to mimic um, some asphalt stuff. Yeah. Um, so with that, we're going to go into the last term I have for you. Okay. Which is rear bite. Oh, that's when you're trying to get, uh, I guess, like, I would almost uh, be like rear grip for uh, the asphalt guys where, um, it's just kind of uh, slicked off, and you just need to get that bite off, uh, off the corner. Um, Am I in the ballpark okay. on that one or no? Yeah, um, I have definitely used this term. Maybe I'm using it because I've heard it kind of a couple different ways. Um, okay. So, uh, I think my dad calls it left rear drive, where I call it left rear bite. Okay. Um, but essentially, when you scale the car. Let's say you have 100 pounds on the right rear and 50 on the left. You have negative 50 left rear bite. Okay. But or left rear drive because you actually have weight on the right. Okay. For us in the feature, um, because the traffic's off so much, we're trying to get the car to come off the corner trader. You'll dump like 100 pounds into that left rear and take 25 out of that right rear. Um, I'm just trying to use easy math numbers because yeah, yeah. I, I race car driver. I don't math. <laughs> um, so now all of a sudden you got 120, 150 on the left rear, but 75 on the right rear. Yep. So you've got 20 or 75 pounds of left rear drive or left rear bite, depending on what term you go. Okay. So I didn't know I didn't know if that would translate really over to the asphalt stuff, but I thought that might be one I could throw a curveball at you with. Yeah, because like so like typically for for um I I hear the term a lot is uh I have no rear grip. Yeah. And no rear bite. So like to me, like well, that's just cause like it, it when once they start punching the throttle, they're just kind of the car just wants to kick sideways, make it more loose. So they got no grip when they want to hit the gas and they want to hit the, the when the gas in the middle of the turn to, to, uh, to get it to rotate. That's the yeah. Way. When it, but it's like, they're saying it's got no rear grip because it wants to get up on top of the tires and light up the tires when they get on that throttle. Yeah. So that's uh, in the dirt for us. A lot of it's left rear um, because we, we use such, stagger right rear like we really like 
we're I know our car is closer to seven inches for a heat race. Yep. And six for a little under six, maybe. I'd have to go back and look at the setup book again. Okay. Uh, for a feature. So that's let's say you got six inches of stagger, um, but the tracks slightly off. It'll make the car very loose. Not not as much on exit, but on entrance. So you need to somewhat make up for that center off. Um, and it depends on what exactly the car's feedback is giving you. But yeah, you when you want that to come off straight, you put more of that weight on the left rear. Yeah, and heat it a little bit so that yeah. your chat your wedge doesn't want to bring the car around on you. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I was watching the, uh, I don't know about you, but I was watching the NASCAR race from uh, Coda today. And I, I wouldn't say a lot of those guys had a lot of rear grip, eh? No. Uh, what was it? Chase Elliott? Yeah. He was passing the lap car. And you could actually see him hydroplane so bad that he, like, moved over an entire lane. Oh, yeah. Just to collect it. Um, or Kurt Busch when he locked him up and oh. drove through Austin Dillon and then through Kyle Busch and then did the greatest thing in the world. Just kept driving right through the kitty trap. Oh, my no. Got, right? got to the dirt on the other side, did a donut in the dirt, drove it down the dirt and back on the track and kept racing. <laughs> that was impressive. Like I don't get how he didn't run into. I, did, I mean, I would have been OK with him running into Kyle because I'm not a Kyle <laughs> fan, but. Um, I, I was I was one. quite impressed with the like the thought of hey if I get out there I should got to sing around in the dirt and I can get back on. I, I was if you get stopped it. in the kitty trap, he's done. That's exactly what I said. I was uh I, I was over at the girlfriend's place and we were watching it, and I'm like oh 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 she's like what I'm like oh he's gonna get stuck here, and also I'm like oh what the hell just happened, and, and like I was like come on man keep it going keep it going get back on track. Like I started no, just, cheering for him because I'm like, come on, man, like prove me wrong here. I thought it was I thought that was pretty cool. As soon as he slid off and like I saw him hitting for the kid for the for the kitty litter, I was like, all right, he's done. He's done. He's chopped <laughs> liver now. But and I, his race. And his race. I was like, ah, oh. I'm like, but still, I'm like, that was incredible. I felt bad for uh for Kevin Harvick there, though. Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, uh Christopher Bell, and uh Bubba Wallace there. Oh, that was, that was Kevin tough. was the one. Kevin's the one Bubba Wallace ran into, wasn't it? No, other way around. Because Harvick so, got into Bubba Wallace. No, Bubba got into Harvick. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, Bell got into Blaney, and uh, Harvick could see that, so he was checking up for it because um, Bell started a slide almost in front of him. And obviously without warning, because very, very low visibility, Bubba smoked the back end of uh, uh, Kevin Harvick there. and Kevin Harvick. And then shoved him into the outside wall. I'm surprised Cole Custer was able to get out. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm God. not surprised. I'm not surprised, I guess, because they have come so far with um, safety. Yeah. But that hit between Cole Custer and Martin Truex where – Martin goes in the air. Yeah. And I mean, 
a foot and a half to the left or a foot to the left and he would have his car would have been on on his lid would yeah he would have been on the roof of cold cold custer's car right and so that was you see and then custer's car goes up in flames and i mean as a driver it's nice to see when something like that happens and they get out and they're all they're all fine yeah because it's like if it was really bad when uh, uh, Martin was sitting in his car with the window knitting out down, and he was just like punching the steering wheel and just shaking the heck out of it, and like I felt bad for him because like if when you watch the replay, he got into Michael McDowell just prior to that, which and he, it knocked his hood up so he couldn't see anything. Yeah, and, and then, he was like, trying to slow up for McDowell. Yeah. And, and got then, drove into. Then Cole came from the outside, twenty-five car lengths back, and everyone else checked up except for Cole. And yeah, plow drive them <laughs> like, whole oh, um uh uh Sherry Pollock's post on was like uh it's like I don't know how like my heart skipped a beat, my heart dropped, and I don't know how many more of those I have left. Oh, for sure, especially with uh. With all of her, because um, her cancers came back recently. Exactly. I yeah. Heard. I, was, I was like, um, uh, it, it was kind of fun. like, I feel like, I feel like you think that, and then like, I felt worse because I'm like, oh man, and she's going back through this again. Like, it, it almost make it worse. And it all, I really hope it didn't uh, foreshadow anything, if that makes sense. No, I don't. Th- uh, I mean, on her side where, where, where anything's terminal because like that just seemed like it foreshadowed a little bit. If that makes uh, sense. I don't, I don't think, so. um, I don't think so I mean, either, but like it kind of got me a little nervous for some reason. I can see it more foreshadowing Martin Truex possibly retiring. How long do you think he has left? Cause he's, he's what? And he's 39, 40 and- or so. Him and Kyle got to be the same age because he yeah. beat Kyle back to back for the Bush Series championships. Um, to be honest with you, I think he's there as long as Gibbs will have him. Yeah, and then because I mean, how could you go from Gibbs or Hendrick or Penske? Um, Stuart Haas isn't very up on the ball right now. No, but how could not. you go from teams? Be an established guy that's won championships, won races, and then go race for a JTD Doherty or a Go Fast or yeah, um, Gaunt Brothers or Gaunt Brothers or Spire. You know, some place where you probably don't have a good chance at winning a lot of the tracks. Yeah. Um, and by that point, I mean Martin's won multiple Bush championships. He's got a cup. Furniture Row before the before all the Toyota Alliance stuff. Oh, that was after. Was it after? It was after. It was the first second year of the I Alliance. Thought it was just before they became. Uh, no, they they were heavy heavy uh, Toyota Alliances. I believe the year of or the year prior. Uh, okay. To Martin winning it. Cause he lit the world on fire that year. So I want to say it was that off season is when that aligned with him and Cole is with him and Cole Pern. Yep. 
and Cole Pern's now kind of known as the mad scientist <laughs> after all that. Uh, um, that doesn't surprise me though. Oh, their family down here, their family's like racing royalty. Yeah, um, at, De- at Delaware, because um, that's where they they that's all he grew got up. Start. Right. But uh, so I don't. I mean, I don't see him much. I mean, you got Ty Gibbs coming up. Um, Harrison Burton. That that's the thing, right? Is, is uh, John Hunter Nemechek just John Hunter just went back into a KBM truck. Yep. You got a lot of guys that in. I mean, I could see a guy like Ty Gibbs or Harrison within. I mean, more Harrison in the next couple of years, and then maybe Ty because he's only eighteen. In the yeah. next three years, but where are you going to put those guys? You got to get rid of either Denny, Kyle, or Martin. So this... I mean, unless unless Christopher Bell turns out to be the world's biggest bust and lets I mean, down this... every dirt racer that ever had a dream on going to NASCAR. But I mean, the fact that that guy's already won a race. In his first, first, yeah, first full time season, yeah, he went out and won a race. Even though it was the road course at Daytona, he still won it. I don't see him going losing his ride. Whereas, like, but he's got to consistently run in the top fifteen each week to keep that ride. I believe that. Whereas Eric Jones, how often did you ever hear of him? Not, not like he should. He had all this hype. He was running. 18th to I'd say anywhere outside the top 15 on a regular basis. Yeah. Like he got a Daytona win and everyone, you know, like the way I look at it, everyone's like, Oh, he's going to be the next best thing at, cause he won races. He won two races. One of them being a, I think it was the, the, the July race at Daytona. That to me, that, that's a crapshoot. Like hell, look who won the 500 this year. McDowell. Who the yeah, hell saw that coming? He's never won any. Well, not anything in cup, at least. Yeah, but but still, he, he never won in cup before, and that dude's been around the circuit. He was yeah. with Michael Waltrip Racing in two thousand eight. Well, when, when he had that ridiculous crash, <laughs> yep, that Texas crash, yep. That, that's how I remember him. That's a, I think that's how most race fans remember him because he doesn't come up a whole lot. No. Like everyone's like now everyone like he won the five hundred, so like everyone now can put that Texas thing behind him. Right? So like that's the way I look at it. Like, who would expect a McDowell to finish that? Like, who would expect him to win the five hundred? And so like I I don't really like I count those wins, but like sometimes luck plays a big bigger favor in it than uh a lot of racing luck has to do or racing skill has to do. Well, even this week uh or today. Um, that they don't call that race for rain. There's no way Elliot beats Larson. Exactly. Cause he would have had eight laps to make up like 10 seconds. Yeah. And I mean, nothing against Elliot. He's a, they're, he's a main road course driver, but that's a lot to be asking anybody to do. Yeah. And he just got, it happened that he got, you know, NASCAR. And I agree that NASCAR did because they showed when they were showing the in car. Yeah. It was, this has now become a safety deal. Oh, yeah. And they're starting to have guys go off at every corner. Um, and they can't even get these tires to grip. But if they don't call that caution, Elliot's got to pit. Exactly. He has and to give, pit with at least give up two the to lead. Go. Which, do no you really. 
it's a, that that would be a hard that would be a hard one for them to take, but it's like that's you know, the draw. You that's the that's the hand you got dealt and the luck that uh, luck that went along with it. Exactly. Like even it was kind of funny because like um, I'm teaching a lot of racing to my girlfriend and her parents because um, they've never been involved. They're 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 a hockey family. Okay. I'm a racing and baseball family. <laughs> so whereas <laughs> like their summers are off because of because of hockey, my yeah. my summers are always busy because I got either I'm either at a diamond playing baseball with my kids or, or you're racing at, or, or I'm at the track for racing. And Sundays are for NASCAR. Right? So like they they've started getting into it as well. My girlfriend's got into a lot more um, she's, she's a, she's above a Wallace fan because she likes the way, he, uh, his demeanor is and how he acts. Um, but like, it, it's hysterical. Cause like I'm sitting there and I'm like explaining it and they're like, I was like, uh, like when they started padding chase and it's like, yeah, yeah. Like you could tell like he won. And I was like, Oh, they just called the race. <laughs> Her yep. dad goes, how do you know? I was like, they're cheering him on. Like they're right there. Yeah. They know exactly. Tell. They've even that's, and uh, 10 seconds later and the winner of the first ever Coda race is Chase Elliott's right I so. would have liked to see how that track went in the dry condition just because of that big hairpin like the that first turn. I don't want to call it an S but like yeah. the big like the big sweeping S's that they have there yeah that aren't Anyways, um, I would have like because they're so. Uh, if you look at the one camera shot, it looked like the first set of corners was banked backwards. Yeah. So outside, it almost like it was meant for water to run off. You know what I mean? And run down away from the track. That's what they so said. The cars though. were actually the tracks. The cars would actually be off camber. Yeah. Going, and so I wanted to see how they could do that but in the wet they don't really get much of a chance to test out that limit because you can't you just can't no i was i watched a little like five minutes of practice yesterday and i was like oh i'm not sure if i'm gonna like this race at all and like in general because i'm like i I, they're running two and a half minute laps i don't like 36 i saw that's too long of a lap for me like, yeah, but when there's only sixty laps, but I get that. But and there's, like, it seemed like it was a really short race, but like it was, it took really long to finish. That's because they had all those red flag zones, such right. You're, you're not wrong, but like, and the more it, it, the more the longer lap with all those corners created a lot of good passing and racing opportunities. You're not wrong. At the top, at that top end with the hairpin. Yeah. I see Reddick a few times go from like way, way out in the boonies. Yeah. Cross back down and get three guys coming off the corner, which is a flat out straightaway into the nest X section. Yeah. And then they're running too wide through the S section. Um, I can understand where you don't like the, the long lap time because it would feel like it's dragging on that's exactly what i was that's that's where i was going with that um i was like honestly i was a big fan 
if they ever thought of running the boot over at Watkins Glen. Okay. After today's race, I don't want them to ever use the boot. I was a big advocate for wanting to use the boot until I saw today's race because I never realized how much I actually appreciated a minute and 12 seconds running around Watkins Glen. <laughs> Cause to me, like you get 90 laps in at Watkins Glen, right? And it's a beautiful course, beautiful track, but I feel they, they get the high speeds, they get the bank, they get the, 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 I feel like the short track at Watkins Glen is built for NASCAR. Whereas the the Coda track is built for F1 cars. It's not built for the stock cars. Oh yeah. If that makes 100%. sense. It's because you go if you go watch a lot time of, of the F1 car go around there. Watch they don't take long it. at all. Exactly. They fly through there. Exactly. Whereas a whereas a stock car it's so heavy that they go so slow. But you it's, still gotta think with all that rain they had today, they probably would have knocked 30 seconds off that lap entirely. I, I'd i say maybe 30 to 40 seconds. seconds. I'd say 10 seconds. I would say 30 to 40 for you sure. You think so? Well, you got to think every braking, you, A, you can't go down the straightaways nearly as quick. True. You, you have to hold a lot of low gears. Um, you're braking a, very, a, lot, a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, or you end up like Kurt Busch. <laughs> um, they were purposely, was it the, I think it was the hairpin at the very top. Yeah. They were making their own fucking turn. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry about that it's all language good. there. Um, they were making their own turn. They were widening out all the turns. Yeah. So let's say a second a corner. Yeah, or a half a second a corner, that's corners. That's ten seconds in a lap right there. Yeah, um, every braking zone, let's say half a second per braking zone, because you can't brake nearly as late. Yeah, uh, that's another ten. So that's twenty. You can't go down those two sh- long, long, long straightaways with any speed. Yeah. Um, so by let's say let's say three to four to five seconds per, you're already at thirty seconds there. True, yeah. Um, you're not you're not talking about the time you're losing with wheel spin, yeah, or um, just not being able to have any grip at all. Um, I definitely think on a, a dry track, they not. I don't know what qualifying times were. They were probably around uh, the same time because it was still wet. Was it still wet during qualifying? It, yeah, like they, they were talking about the beginning of the race that um, the track was still dry, but that's because they had like a Lamborghini or Ferrari race just prior to um, the cup race going. So it kind of dried out the track a little bit. Okay. But I think yeah, I never part, uh, it's still raining. I never caught the qualifying. I just caught the race today. Yeah. Well, um, qualifying, I mean, was, I, I could... qualifying was prior to the race, like real prior to the race. That must, I don't, when I turned it on, so it was qualifying. thirty. I turned it on. Yeah. Qualifying was at like 11 this morning. Oh, I was watching Monaco. <laughs> I, 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 I quickly briefly put it on there. I didn't, I didn't realize Monaco was today. I thought it was next weekend. No, it's uh it's a boring race, but it's one of the prestigious F1 
Oh yeah. Uh, races in that calendar. And it was actually pretty interesting. Um, because just because of some pre-race drama, um, Ferrari being Ferrari and finding a way to lose a race again. Yeah. Um, they had the guy sitting on pole. So he cra- goes out Q3, takes pole position, goes out for his second run, nicks. Uh, it's like a slight right-hander into a left-hander. Nicks the right-hander and breaks one of his steering rods and then bails it into the wall oh, for the left-hander. Well, that's the car. If he if they can't repair that car, it was... Depending on how many components, it could be 5, 10, or 20 positions on the grid. So he would have went starting first to starting dead last. Yeah. So they put back together what they could. Uh, turned out they had a issue with the uh, drive shaft. And so it wasn't even, they were concerned about the gearbox in the car um, with the, with the percussive force of hitting the wall. Yeah. Actually breaking parts in the gearbox, but really it broke something in the drive shaft. They didn't say what, Yeah. but supposed to start on pole. And instead of, Oh, we'll fix it. Take a five spot or 10 spot penalty and still race. Yeah. They didn't even think to look at it. And oh, it's Sunday morning, and all of a sudden the car won't run because our drive shaft broke. That's Ferrari for you. Oh man! If they couldn't, if they could, if they couldn't, if they would stop shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, I think they have a top three driver pairing right now. Yeah. With signs with Carlos Sainz and Leclerc, um, you could really even a top two. Um, just because Perez is kind of unproven. Um, like, he's not unproven because he did win last year, but he it's his first year in Red Bull, and a lot of those drivers have complained about the Red Bull car being too geared towards Max Verstappen's driving style. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, I don't have a whole lot of... I don't want to say I don't have anything good to say about Valtteri Bottas... But George Russell jumped in that car last year, and George Russell drives for Williams. And George Russell was beating Valtteri Bottas in that last race last year. Yeah. He's never had, other than free practice and qualifying, he had never driven a Mercedes F1 car. Oh, no. Bottas had a season to get the car figured out. Russell outqualifies him. And then leads 90% of the race. Oh, wow. And then, and then he had a mysterious puncture for Valtteri Bottas to get back around him. And then there was an actual puncture that took him. It, it was a really weird. He comes in and he had, a, he had to come in for an extra uh, for a pit stop. They screwed up their pit stop because they tried to double stack and got. There's a rule where. Because you only have one pit crew. Yeah. Um, my t- let's, Your tires will have your initials on them. And my tires will have my initials on them. So if your tires end up on my car, I get, uh, I get penalty for it. It's to stop, from what I understand, it's to stop guys from 
when they because they're only allowed x amount of tire compounds per race yeah it's to stop guys from going to their teammates and saying hey you went out on lap two you have a couple set of super softs can i have those yeah that is so that the FIA, if you do that and you're found with somebody else's cars on your tires, you're disqualified. Okay. Because everybody is given the exact same tire allocation. You can use them however you want, but you're only getting that amount. Um, so I can see why that like it make it a little bit more competitive, right? Like it makes everything you do throughout the weekend more crucial. Yeah. Because if you use all your fast compounds in qualifying and have nothing left for the race, well, that last 10 lap or 12 lap segment till the end, I'm sorry, you got your good tires. Because they were smart enough to not use up their good tires, they're probably going to beat you. Yeah. Um, so that's. And so he got hit with that. So George Russell gets hit with that, comes in for a second pit stop. They get the tires on. He gets out. He's chasing the leader. And he's like, he's going to catch the leader. It's a matter of can he catch and then pass the leader? Because he, they said he would have only caught him with about a lap and a half left. Okay. Um, so like 18 to 20 corners. And he actually gets called in for a puncture. But... He said it. He literally was setting the fastest laps of the entire race. Hmm. Supposed this puncture. So there's a there's a conspiracy in F1 world that it was just Mercedes' way of um, being like, because Lewis Hamilton's contract was up. Yeah. So the conspiracy theory in the F1 world is they just they. They were trying to show that anybody can get in that car and win. Yeah. When they, when they noticed George Russell was actually going to win, they're like, well, we can't have Valtteri Bottas look like an idiot. Yeah. We need him to finish ahead of that guy. Yeah. They called him in tell, telling him that he had a puncture and to come into pit. And meanwhile, the guy's going out and breaking the record for like the di- like the lap times of that. It's like... Uh, but I'm happy NASCAR doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they don't have anything that major, but like I do, like I could. I, there's there's rabbit holes you can go down through with uh, uh, the worst one ever. NASCAR had to be when Truex spun to let Boyer in the playoffs at MW. Yeah. Or was it Boyer spun to get Truex in the playoffs? Boy, Boyer spun um, because of the whole, um, hey, does your arm itch? Yeah. Um, yeah, Boyer spun to get Truex in. But I didn't like how NASCAR handled that, though. How they just let Jeff Gordon in the playoffs? Yeah, and then expand the field to let him in. If yeah. you're going to do that, kick out who just made it in or whatever. Or completely remove Martin Truex Jr. from it. Yeah, take like, out the people that were or, involved or in Boyer. it. Or Boyer, yeah, exactly. Take out take out the people who were involved and not necessarily DQ them from the season because that, that's not fair to them. That's not fair to the sponsors or anything like that. But dock them enough points where they're forced out of the playoffs. Yeah. That's the way I look at just that. To pr- just to prove a point. 
Yeah, like even today, like there, there's apparently already a little conspiracy theory about uh, the cell that was coming over Coda when they called it was only going to be five minutes. And then after that, it was going to be sunny skies. Yeah. But of course, throw the goal, throw the uh, checker flag so that Chase Elliott gets his first win of the year. Finally, um, it's the 800th win for Chevy. It's, you know, uh, they now tie Richard Petty, uh, sorry, Penner Enterprises with uh, for most wins. Yeah. For 268 career wins as a, as a team. You know, I look at it that way. And it's like, mm, it does seem like something's up there, but like, it doesn't matter. Cause like Larson would have won anyways. Yeah. So but Hendrick would have won to, anyways, but to prevent the, but again, to me, it's saving face. Cause I don't think they would have wanted to have Larson do that. No. Cause Chase Elliott's going to be their golden goose. That exact. He's the new Jeff Gordon for them. That's yeah. the way I look at it. He'll, he'll win four or five championships and like kind of like set s- certain records so that he's like looks at just as just looks about as great as Jeff Gordon but I I, I think he they had a little hand today because like I get there's 14 laps left but like if you if it's gonna take x amount of time to tr- dry the track why not run those last 14 laps see what see what really shakes out it depends on how bad it was going to be though. Right. Cause do they have, I don't even know if Coda has lights. No, they were still three hours out from uh, uh sunset. Were they? Cause how, yeah. I mean, but it takes them three hours to drive Bristol. You're not wrong. I think I see. I, I don't, it might've taken them too long to drive, redry the track. You're correct. Where even if you if let them do one, owner, one pass. Pardon? If you let them do one pass, I think they could get enough running water off the track to go racing again. Because they're well, depending have those on wet how tires. much was there, right? Yeah, because the, cause because because yeah, they like, at least we, do have the wet tires. Much, pardon? They do at least have the wet tires, but they weren't really working. No, they they weren't they weren't working when when you actually had the standing water. But that's why I was saying if you let the um the air tines go one pass around the entire track, stack them up stagger them where the water gets pushed off the track i i you would see a big difference where the rain tires would actually work properly how they should like i could be absolutely wrong like i could be like i could be you know it's like oh that's a bonehead move like i could be exactly that guy but i feel i i I'm, i always feel like i'm i want to play like devil's advocate on it a little bit see like yeah i want to see how it played out because like well Elliot had to pit that caution came out. It was going to help him, but would it help him or would it cause a last lap pass or yeah. on a restart? Would those two would Har- Harvick and um, they're sorry, not Harvick Larson and Elliot end up just, dry, you know, Elliot losing brakes or something, just taking out Larson as they go straight through. Yeah. Who knows? Right. It, it, there were still a lot of storylines that could have, could have played, played out. out. But I'm still I'm I'm okay with them stopping the race on the safety factor of it. Especially after what already happened in that race. Yeah, for sure. We we don't need any more of that. No. And I think Kevin Harvick sums it up the best. He was not happy at all. No, he was not. But that's that's the best part is that 
even if he does get fined, guess what? There's a perfect opportunity to to realize like, hey, maybe we shouldn't actually be putting these guys out in that wet of a condition with these heavy cars. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I do got to get taken off here, John. No worries, buddy. I was just about to say, I'm like, we're going to wrap it up here right now. Uh, Joey, once again, man, thank you for jumping back on with us this week. Uh, it was definitely a pleasure chatting with you. We'll have to uh, talk some more, all right? For sure. All right, man. Have Keep a in good touch, night. Johnny. Absolutely. Have, have a good, good one. night now, eh? Bye now. Yeah, bye. All right, guys. That was driver the number 57 Sportsman Modified. He'll be running full-time over there at Maryville Speedway this summer. Um, once we uh, once we get the all clear to go, that was Joey Harriman. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our conversation. I know it was a little bit longer than usual, guys, but hopefully uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, before I go, as always, guys, make sure you guys check out the driver's seat with Caitlin and Michael. Um, see what we talk about this week on the program. Uh, check it out Wednesday or tomorrow when it drops. Uh, also, guys, make sure you guys are um, like, subscribing, sharing, commenting, all our social media posts to help us get the word out about the program. Next week on the program, we are going to be sitting down with a youngster. That's right. We're going to be sitting down with Cole Burrows. Um, and we're going to talk about how he got into racing, uh, his family background in motorsports, as well as his plans for the 2021 season. Um, make sure to check out that one for next week, guys. Uh, as always, guys, if you guys if you guys have run out of stuff to listen, head on back and check out one of our other episodes with one of our many, many guests. Uh we we're we're lining up some uh, awesome guests for this summer guys so uh make sure uh make sure you guys are always checking this out uh as always guys make sure you guys are buying up the Jumo Media apparel head on over to our links in our bio um i think it's race can race t-shirt can or something like that um but the link is in our bio It'll take you straight to our page um if you're unsure also head over to epicracewear.ca hit up their driver like driver apparel section and go down to general race team race theme. Um, and you'll find all of your Jumbo media apparel as well as the true North racing podcast apparel as well, guys. Um, they're awesome. I love them. Uh, you guys always hear that every week. So yeah, guys, we got Joe, uh, we got Cole Burrows coming on next week. Um, buy up some apparel guys. Uh, I, that's it for me this week, guys. I'm going to talk a little bit less than this week. Just because of uh, how long this episode ran with uh, Joey Harriman's. So make sure you guys are checking out the driver's seat with Kaylin and Michael. Like, subscribe, comment our show. Um, the more you share it, the more we sh- uh, love we give. Um, contest. That's right, guys. We have a contest going to start um, Friday. So check it out Friday. Uh, not 100% sure how we're doing it yet. But I did promise once we got to 300 300 followers on Instagram, we will be doing a giveaway uh, of a t-shirt and a hat combo. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Uh, Get into it. Get yourself a Joma Media hat and t-shirt. We will be holding that on Instagram. So head on over to Jomo Media Media on Instagram. Follow, like, subscribe, guys. Uh, Help share the show. Help get us out to as many people as possible as well. Um, once again, guys, my name is John Morrison and you guys listen to the true North racing podcast brought to you by Joe media and promotions. We will see you all next week. See you guys.